I'm going to have Brother Dave give us a shout on the horn. One more time. Lord, let that be a proclamation of victory. There's victory in this camp. Lord, these people are supercharged this morning. And they're ready to hear your word. These are your people, Lord. We are your voice. We are Jesus with skin on to the people in this world. And Lord, I pray that we would grasp hold of that today. And that nothing, Lord, would keep us from the potential that you placed in each one of us. And Lord, we love you, and we commit this service into your hands, what's left of it. Have your way, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Welcome to the hope. <laughs> yeah, can I have that back there? They know already. And good news we have a new piece of equipment coming. It's already here, but somebody needs to install it. You guys will be really happy because it's a new computer, which hopefully will prevent this thing from dying on us halfway through the service. So, woohoo! Thank the Lord for that. So, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Norm, uh, one of the pastors here at the Hope. And if you're on, just tuning in online, we're glad you're with us. And if uh, the ladies from the Bear River uh, Refuge are watching, we miss you. And sorry you can't be here today. Um, yeah, amen. You know, it's awesome that they're here because there's like 20 or 25 of them. But when they're not here, it's like this whole space is... <laughs> I'm kind of like, oops. But God knows. He has, he has a reason for everything, and um, if you couldn't tell, I've, I've been a little bit congested this week. It's been a rough week physically for me, but there's been so much prayer going up, and uh, I just want to thank Julie again, and not to identify somebody, but that prayer you prayed over me, man, I, I, <laughs> it was dynamite. <laughs> Holy Spirit fire, amen. It's the Lord. Um, before I move on, though, I did want to just say thank you to the ladies that helped yesterday. Uh, we, had a, a, we brought in the ladies again that usually sit back here, and uh, they were able to do a craft that Pastor Barb had done somewhere else, and they had a blast. I mean, those ladies, and I wasn't here, I'm just going by hearsay, but it was just such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. And Pastor Barb, and, and all of you, uh, Marie, wow, you fed them like a heaven buffet. I mean, those ladies are, is this for us? And Barb said, now save it, because they weren't all here. Now save a little bit for the ones that are coming. They were so excited that there was food and, and just fellowship in the Lord. And I, I just want to thank all of you for being willing to bless others, to get outside of your comfort zone and, you know, again, to be Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do, right? But while I was over here and, and I was on my knees and, you know, I had that prayer on me and, and I felt like the, the Holy Spirit just said, I am so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you guys doesn't matter who comes in this church. You love them. And that's what church is supposed to be like. So keep it up. Keep it up. Just keep on loving people. Recently I had a conversation with a young man that when he was, this was years ago, but when he became a Christian, he started to struggle with life. And I know none of you ever struggle with life. It's all good, right? But what he said was, no matter how hard he tried, he always felt like he fell short of God's plan for his life. Anybody else? 
And here's the weird thing. Coming to church just compounded that feeling. He felt guilty. Like he could never do things right or the way God wanted him to be. And he felt like he needed to be perfect to come to church. Everybody say, that's nonsense. And we know that. But sometimes you just need to hear this message. And, and if it isn't for you, maybe it's for the neighbor. Maybe it's for a coworker. Maybe it's somebody else that needs to hear it, and you need to deliver it to them. So say this, I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. The message God gives me, I'm going to share it with others. In His name, Amen. Hallelujah. As he tried to worship the Lord, he would, he would sit in the audience just like we did today. And as he tried, and, and I've been in that place where I've struggled to worship before. Maybe it was a burden, something in my life that was going on. Maybe something affected me that week. Or maybe I had unforgiveness. Anybody ever have unforgiveness? What do you do with that? You forgive. Right? As you forgive, it will be forgiven. And it will release you. But that's not the message. The message is this, and, and I wanted just to share this because it came from somebody who legitimately felt this way, and I believe many do. He said, when I would come into the service, I would have all these thoughts running through my head that God couldn't love me. We know what that is, don't we? That's a lie. But you can't tell somebody that's been going through that, oh, it's just a lie. You need to have something else to put in there. And I believe it's the Word of God, so I'm going to share the Word of God in reference to this idea that we walk around feeling like God could never love me. And I think somebody, whether they're here or watching online, needs to hear this message this morning. I'm here to tell you, if you've ever felt that way, those thoughts are from the devil. Understand that nobody is perfect, right? But one. Who is that? Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God. There's nowhere in Scripture that suggests that anybody in the church become perfect. In fact, if you ever find a perfect church, the minute you or I step into it, it ain't perfect anymore. Because of sin, we're all saddled with this corrupt earth suit. And I believe in the original state, it was good. In fact, God said it was very good. But then sin, the corruption of sin, entered in thanks to our forefathers and foremothers. Actually, just forefather and foremother. I want everybody to know you're in good company if you're not perfect. Poke your neighbor and say, that's good news. And by the way, <clears throat> that's why Jesus came. Right? right? Only Jesus was right for this assignment in that He was perfect and He was sinless. When He died for the sins of all mankind, all sins were accounted for. I'll say it again. All sins were accounted for. Never again would there be a need for a sacrifice. Jesus took care of that. And remember, God said He loves you and me even in our imperfect state. Can I get a good amen? Here's another important factor. Oops, that was the title. Worthless or worthy? God's plan was and is, say this with me, God's plan was and is to redeem all men from their sins. God wants all men to be saved. He wants no, nobody to perish. And when I use the, the, the noun men, I'm referring to mankind. Men, women, boys, girls, no, there's no gender reference there. God wants all of us to be saved. And here's the good news, it's not up to us. 
Hello? God's the only one that can cleanse you and me of our sins. Only God. Now let's look at the Scripture and see what it says about this. I wanted to start with Romans 3.23, and I, I have different translations I'm using today. And I have quite a few Scriptures. Uh, by the way, this is online. If you ever want to go back, you can always go back to our live stream, gaylerchurch.com live stream feed, and they're all there. I don't know how many years we go back. Romans 3 to the what? 2016, 2016 apparently, says one of our deacons. <laughs> Thanks for that. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Again, this might be weird, but look at your neighbor and say, that's good news. Because it's not just one of us. It's all of us. We're in this together. Right? Everyone but Jesus was and is a sinner. Now, I want to look at the first part of Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. Everybody say, uh-oh. uh-oh. Man's in a pickle, right? We're in a hard place. What do we do with this? The wages of sin is death. That means what? We're going to die. Sinners die. And we're all sinners. So, what do we do with that? <laughs> Well, let's look at the next part of this. The good news. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God loved <laughs> Amen. God loved his people too much to leave us in that state of sin to be separated from him forever. He wants us to live with him forever. It doesn't get any better than that. And as awesome as this planet is, because God built it, as awesome as our universe is, and, you know, I chuckle every time a new theory comes out of our scientific community on the dark holes and the other universes and the the stars, and just go, ah, you guys don't have a clue. God designed the universe. Everything around us screams creator. We need to give him the glory. Hallelujah. So as we see in this verse, salvation, as we call it in the church, eternal life is presented to us as a free gift from God. And like any gift, for that gift to serve its purpose, a man or woman must receive it. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm not saying because I want everybody here to send me a card with something in it. I'm sharing this purely as an illustration because <laughs> it might sound like a little self-anger. If Brian was here, he would tell me, aggrandizing? How do you say that? Whatever you just said. So I recently received this graduation uh, card, and and thank you to those who sent me a a card. That was so nice, even thinking of me. And and all of you have been so kind. You know, three years, and you suffered through it with me. So (laughs) as your pastor, you saw me going through it, and and it took away from some of the things we do here. But this this card, and I'm not going to say who it came from, but it had a large check in it. And when I opened it and I saw the large check, I just went, no way. There's too many zeros on there. And I looked at my wife and I just said, I can't accept this. And she looked at me and she goes, you have to. And I, I prayed about it, I did. It was, it was just a few minutes maybe. And I end up talking to the person, and, and I just said, that's too much. And I heard, we love you. We wanted to do this for you. And you know, at that point, I realized that if I didn't receive that check, what was I doing? 
I was hurting them and I was robbing them of a blessing and myself. Right? Now, take that illustration and apply it to this. Apply it to the Lord. How much more did God give us, you and me, eternal life? The cost? His Son. His Son's life. And what makes this gift even more special, I spent three years working on my degree. For this, it costs us nothing. We put nothing into it, and yet God wants to give us this eternal life. Talk about a check without, with a limited number of, an unlimited number of zeros. Hallelujah. And I apologize. I might have to do this every few seconds here. I was trying to be really careful this morning to stay away from everybody. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for this message. God wants us to live with him forever, but you must accept the gift. You must cash it in, metaphorically speaking, like I'll have to do with that check. Or it does no good. I got a check from the school uh, about six months ago, and, and I didn't have a check coming. So we didn't cash it. <laughs> Barb said, oh, it's over there somewhere. I just didn't think it was for us. And, well, it went past the date. And then the college called us and said, why haven't you cashed that check? That's for you. Hello? We didn't know. I didn't, had no reason to get a check. So we're thinking, oh, this is sneaky. They're going to do something. I'm going to have to pay it back. So we just didn't cash it. God wants you to cash in on His Son. Eternal life, it's not just in heaven. It begins right here. The moment that you say, yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes. The moment that you say that. Yes. There's no benefit from the gift unless you receive it. Now I want to go a little deeper. The Apostle Paul was clear in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you've been saved. We all know this, right? Through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is what? The gift from God. There it is again. So we keep seeing this reminder that what God has given us is it's not anything we've earned is purely because of God's love for you and me that he's given us this great gift. We can't earn it, not by works. Nobody can boast, look what I did to get into the kingdom of God. Uh-uh. So what have we learned so far? All men and women were lost in their sins. Amen? We are imperfect vessels. And there's nothing we can do to gain right standing with God. But, and this is the first but, but God knew and made a way out for us sinners. He sent the ultimate gift, His one and only Son, Jesus. And Jesus took that sin burden upon Himself, thus freeing us. And then, the second but. But, we must receive the gift that God gave us, and we do that when we place our faith and trust in Jesus. I hope you've done that. But if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this morning. Some may feel like I did with that large check, that the gift was too much. It cost God too much to have to send Jesus to take my place. Anybody else? You ever wrestled with that? I know I have. But when you understand that God did this, it was because of His great love for us. Listen, He created us to begin with. He knit us in our mother's womb. From the very moment of conception, He knows who we are. 
And I'm going to say this bluntly today. Abortion is wrong. And that's not a political stand. I actually saw somebody recently that said this. He said, a woman should have the right to abort her baby up to the birth date. And I'm just sitting there going, so what's next? I don't like them at three. It's coming. It's nonsense. And we, the moral people of this planet, we've got to say something. God created these little individuals. And if you have gone through that, listen, our hearts go out to you. I know the decisions that are made. And they're not always made with all the best advice. But our prayers are with you if that's you. And I believe God forgives. Enough said on that. At least today. If you feel that it costs God too much, you've got to understand that God loves you that much. The verse that we repeat often, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's his promise. These are the words of Jesus speaking about his father and what he was about to do. He knew it was coming. He knew the sacrifice it was going to require of him. And yet he was still willing because he, God, loved us that much. And many people, though, they still suspect God's motives. Why would a good God sacrifice his son for me? And here, here's the thing. We, we reduce ourselves here. What we see is, what do we call them? Dirt, dirtlings. We're dirtlings. We forget that we were created in His image, in the image of God. The Imago Dei. Or we might say, why would He offer me eternal life for free? What's the catch? Anybody? <laughs> You've questioned why God would do that. Thank you, because he loves us. Bottom line is, I could stop right here. I'm not going to. I'm going to read some scriptures to you. But I want to look at uh, 1 John 4. I'm going to be reading a little bit around this area. 1 John 4, beginning with verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have... Say it. Eternal life through him. Is there any other way? No. Get that clear. This is real love. That's how much God loved you. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. As ridiculous as all this sounds, it was required according to the Bible. I don't necessarily have a full grasp on all of this, but I do know this. God knows better than I do. He created everything around us. He knows what's going on. And if he felt like Jesus had to cover our sins through his sacrifice on the cross, so be it. I'm willing to trust that he's got this. And the beauty of this is it doesn't rely on you and me for us to receive eternal life. It relies on God's love. How much love does God have? Apparently quite a bit, right? God made a way. God loves us that much. He made a way where there was no other way. He came to us first. We often say, well, I went to the Lord or I received Christ at, and it's like, no, you didn't. God had your picture on his refrigerator long before you ever even began to think about who God was. Because He loves you and me that much. There's no question in my mind that God loves us. The only catch 
We've gone over this already many times. You must receive the gift of God's love in Christ. Then all the other blessings are, come on, yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why we utter the amen through him to the glory of God. Jesus didn't just come to give us eternal life. The thief's purpose, who's the thief? The devil. You can call him whatever you want. The fallen angel, that guy, right? The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. There's nothing good in him. When I first became Christian, I started to pray for him. But his his end has already been determined. And my pastor had to share that with me. He said, Norm, you're wasting your time. There's no hope for him. He's a deceiver. He wants to destroy anything that has life in it, especially God's life. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Right? All right, we're still together. Then this next one, I'm jumping to the next chapter only because I wanted to share these two verses. This is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Now, repeat this verse with me. Verse 12. Whoever has the Son has life. How clear is that? You want life? You want eternal life? Say yes to? Ah, you're getting it, finally. I knew you'd get it. I'm not sure if June got it yet. Or Dan. Dan, did you get it? You got it? All right. We're on the same page now. Whoever has the Son has life. How many want eternal life? What's that going to look like? We can't imagine. We have no clue. It's going to be awesome, beautiful. I say this because I don't know if we're going to have hair on the back of our necks, but if we do, like we do now, the older I get, the more I have. But you know how sometimes you walk into an environment, like even today sometimes, and you can feel the hair rise on the back, and in a good way, right? It's not a scary thing. It's, it's just you, you sense the electricity in the room when we're in heaven, ah, that's going to happen every day. Wow. You're going to be in such a euphoria in a good way, though. Not like if you grew up in the 70s, you know what I'm talking about. Not that I did. Okay, I did. I can't lie. If you want eternal life, you have to receive the gift of God, Jesus. This life doesn't hinge on how good you are, how perfect you are, but on the fact that you have accepted God's free gift of salvation. However, what's the devil want to do? He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family and the generations that follow. He doesn't want anybody following Jesus, and he will do everything he can to emphasize your imperfections. To convince you that you don't deserve it. And you don't. But that's another thing that I'm going to get to. You don't deserve it. But it's still available to you as a free gift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bottom line, we're never going to be good enough. That's okay. God's got it. God took care of this. And one of the scriptures we read all the time to people. Philippians 4.13, this is New King James, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Repeat that little part up in the top box. I can do all things through Christ. We are going to make it. Hallelujah. (laughs) But you've got to convince yourself some days that this is truth. Why am I sharing these scriptures? Because the only thing that's truth today is the Word of God. And when your mind starts running in directions it shouldn't, when the devil is right there hammering you, pounding on your door telling you how unworthy you are, you've got to have Scripture in your heart, in your head, so that you can go back and say, yeah, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that includes getting to heaven. So, nah, 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 nah. Speaking of Woody Woodpecker, no, I'm not going to share it. Barb's like, another, another woodpecker trail, a rabbit trail. Thanks a lot, Sarah. First John 4, getting back to the, where I started. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Hello? We surely ought to love each other. Hello? We surely ought to love each other. I can't say it enough. The Apostle John couldn't say it enough. All of us need to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. I kind of said that when I started. And His love is brought, and I love this part, His love is brought to full expression in us. Do you get that? When the world looks at you and me, what they should see, and hopefully they do, is the full expression of God's love. Ooh. That's pretty cool, I think. When we share our love with others, especially those who have a difficult time showing love back to us. Do you know what I'm saying here? Have you ever run into somebody that they just don't know how to love? Those are the ones we need to love even more. They need it. Love conquers all. It doesn't get any clearer than this. We are the full expression. Can you say that top line? I am the full expression of God's love. Why do I have you do that? When we say it with our mouth and we hear it in our ear, It connects with here and here. Head and heart. So when I have you do this, it's not just to be silly. I want you to get this. One more time. I am the full expression of God's love. Somebody in here needs to hear this. You are the full expression of God's love. And you might be going, oh no, not me. Yes, you. You can't earn this. God's given it to you for free. You just have to take advantage of it. <clears throat> I'm in here going, man, I wish I had some water. <laughs> Too bad. We didn't have enough for you. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Because of Christ, God can live in us. He takes up residence inside our spirit. That's why we are the full expression of God's love. Okay. I'm I'm getting there. Furthermore, we've seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to what? That our mission is to share that Jesus Christ came to save the world, right? We got to get the word out. People need to hear it. You think everybody's heard it, but they haven't. They haven't heard the side of love. They've heard 
if I don't line up with the Ten Commandments, then God's going to do this to me. How many, when you met God, that's what happened? What? God stomped on you, Sue? He, he did not. That's what you were taught. Thank you for finishing that. The world needs to hear about God's love. Church, we are love. We are God's expression of love. He does that through us. I hope you're getting this because all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. If you have said yes to Jesus, then He lives in you. Hallelujah. We need to testify about that. We need to testify. What's that mean? We need to brag on him. Don't brag on yourself. Well, look, look how good a Christian I've become. If you're saying that, I don't think it's working. Brag on what Jesus did. You know, even though I don't deserve it. I've sinned, I've done so many stupid things in my life. And yet, God has forgiven me. Hallelujah! I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm no longer under that sin curse. I have life and I have it in abundance thanks to my Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know, we're getting there. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. There's a lot of love in God going on here. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Our love grows more perfect. We don't grow more perfect. Our love grows more perfect. We're still held down with this, all this. Our bodies are under the curse. Many of you know what I'm saying. But when we love, that becomes perfect. Because that's God. That's the eminence of God. That, that's His image in us. Love. By living and loving like Jesus, the world sees God's love in us. How did Jesus love? First, He loved His heavenly Father. He loved His immediate family, His brothers, His sisters, His mother. He loved the disciples that he brought around him, and he loved the sinners. He even loved his enemies. That's how we need to live. When we live like that, God's love is in us. Amen? I'm getting close. I don't know what that means. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Say that. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is the fear of punishment. And this shows we've not fully experienced, which simply means accepted or understood, His perfect love. We love each other because He first loved us. Now when I started out, I talked about the young man that came to me and said he was always feeling like he could never rise up to the standard of God. And you can't. But that's why you need to latch on to scriptures like this that basically say perfect love expels all fear. Listen, there is no love, or no fear, I'm sorry, there is no fear for those who put their trust in Jesus. For those who don't put their trust in Jesus, you have a lot to fear. 
Judgment day is coming. It's a real thing. Hell is a real place. It's not some warm and fuzzy image that somebody thought up years ago. According to the Bible, it is real. And it was intended to be a place for the fallen angels, not for humanity. But sinners cannot be in the presence of God. They have to be cleansed of those sins to be in the presence of God. And that requires Jesus. Jesus. There is no fear for those who put their trust in Jesus. As children of God, one of the marks that says, I am a child of God, is that we walk in confidence. And that confidence should overcome our fears. As one scholar put it, when love comes, fear goes. Say that with me. When love comes, fear goes. So if you're feeling like you're not living up to God's standard, then what do you need? More of God's love. Where do you get that? Everywhere. Right? Where's God? Everywhere. What I'm saying is you need to spend time with the Lord. He wants to fill you with His love. And if, if you're sitting there today going, man, you know, I don't know about this. Go back to the book. The more love you have in you, the less you're going to fear. Because you have nothing to fear. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right? Oh, wait, that's my next scripture. Romans 8.1 So there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Everybody say that. No condemnation. What that means is, and we're going to be in a different place. We're judged, I believe, according to Scripture, as I understand it, we're going to be judged as the church. We're not going to be judged for what we did wrong because our sins are under the blood. We're going to be judged for the things we did right. For the love that we shared within our community, within our family, within our church. We're going to be rewarded for those things. The judgment, which is going to come later, that's for everybody that didn't say yes to Jesus. And they will be judged. And Jesus will say to them, I did not know you. Throw this wicked and lazy servant, you know. John was telling us, when we put our faith and trust in Christ, where we were once afraid of certain judgment and condemnation, that is now replaced with a new confidence. Not in ourselves, right? But in Jesus. He secured our salvation through His effort, not our own. He replaced our fear with God's perfect love and another favorite of ours. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hallelujah. All right. I got to wrap this up. Try to. If you're here today and you'd say, you know, can God really love me? I'm such a loser. I can't even make it a day without blowing it. Once self-doubt begins to wag its tongue at you, it's only a matter of time before you become convinced that you don't measure up anymore. And the father of all lies, what's he going to do? He's going to keep whispering in your ear, God could never love you. And when you begin to feel worthless, like I'm describing here, you need to get a picture of Jesus in your mind. And here's why. When God looks at you, he sees his son Jesus in you. He doesn't see your sin. If you have said yes to Jesus, he sees Jesus. Jesus is your righteousness. You're cloaked with Him. And your sin is no longer visible to God. It's under the blood, as we like to put it, in the church. The IVP commentary says this, each of us must ultimately open up with vulnerability and humility to 
to acknowledge our unworthiness. Do you get that part? And yet also to accept our own worth, which is sometimes the more difficult, right? It's harder to see us being loved by God. It's easier for us to see that He just wants to squash us when the opposite is true. If in confessing our sin before God, we accept our unworthiness, not our worthlessness. End quote. I don't know who's here today that needs to hear this. But rather than looking at your unworthiness, you need to realize how much God values you, how much you are worth to Him. Would you say this with me? I am not worthless. Say it one more time. I am not worthless. Would you stand with me? I gotta blow my nose. As we begin to close, I want to ask you, child of God, do you think of yourself as worthless? Have you let the devil get into your head and convince you that God never could love you? And if that's you, listen closely. Do you really think that God the Father, the one who knows the beginning from the end, that He sent His only Son to this planet to die for your sins, but your sins were too much for the blood of Christ to take care of? Because that's what you're saying. Your sins didn't take God by surprise. (laughs) My sins didn't take God by surprise. Jesus paid the price for all of our sins. All of them. Everybody say that. All of them. What Christ did on the cross was finished on the cross. It is finished means it was, it is, it will always be finished. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus did for you and me. When the devil tries to trip you up and convince you that you don't deserve salvation, you don't deserve another chance, that God can't love you, you can let him know that you're aware of that first part. That you can't ever earn it. You're not worthy of it. But you and I are also aware of the fact that Jesus took care of everything, including your past, present, and future sins. There is no fear, there is no condemnation for those who put their trust in Jesus. you're here today and you'd say pastor I've not made this commitment to the Lord I've not said yes to Jesus but I feel like this is a good time to do it I'm ready if that's you just lift your hand up so I can see it I'm not going to embarrass anybody I'm just asking anybody at all yep anybody else I don't know who's online today who's watching But I believe there easily could be somebody out there today that needs Jesus. And we want to pray with you. And I believe that if you'll pray this prayer with us, that you will be changed. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, I don't know what to do with this message. I already know all this. Well, I'm glad you're such a master of the Word. But until, hear me, hear my heart, Until you believe it and practice what I'm saying here today, you're not living it. So you really don't know it. Until you are the expression of God's love to the people out there, you don't understand it yet. And what can you do to make that different? Start going after the Lord. Start saying, Lord, fill me with your love. Lord, help me to know who you are. Help me to 
express you in ways that people need that expression. When you ask God to download something into you to speak to somebody, He will help you with that. That's why we have the Holy Spirit in us. To remind us of of the things. To point out the people in our life that need Jesus the most. And when we're obedient and we do what the Holy Spirit says, man, new people are going to come into the kingdom because they met Jesus through you. God's already working on them. Our part's just to speak, to share the love of God with them. How many are with me? If you really mean that, give the Lord a hand. All right, we want to pray, and and then I'll pray the final prayer. Father, everybody say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me, for making a way where there was no other way. Today, I confess my sin before everybody here, before you. And I ask, Lord, that you will cover me with the blood of Jesus, with your righteousness, and cleanse me of my sin. Today, I dedicate my life to you. Help me to live for you all the days I have left. I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now you can give the Lord another hand. Father, again, this message, I believe it was for today, and I trust you're going to do amazing things with it. Remind us of this, Lord, for those who struggle with this on a daily basis, those at home, Lord. Help them to realize there is no condemnation in Christ. When God said he loves us, that means he loves us. It's unconditional. It doesn't have anything to do with how good a person we are. Help us to walk in that love. Lord, to express our faith in new ways that that you give us to express it. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. And for some, Lord, loose angels around them to keep them safe. We love you. We commit this church, the people, Lord, that are here and online, we commit them into your loving hands. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. See you next time.